Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on a training camp edition of Chargers Weekly. Coming up, a pair of Dans join the podcast. ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano and the LA Times' Dan Wojcicki join me from Chargers camp. But first, running back Austin Eckler sits down to discuss the team's first day in pads, expectations for the offense, and what a difference a year makes. All right, day three of training camp in the books. Pads came on today. And joining me now, running back Austin Eckler. Austin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Pads were on today. How'd it feel? They were. They were. It felt good to be back. Uh, like I was talking to you a little bit earlier, uh, we haven't had them on since the last last game of the season last year, so it's good to be back. It feels like playing real football again. You know, you can start to get the pads popping a little bit, get flying around. It feels good to be back. Especially for a running back. Describe the difference between not being a pass during mini camps and OTAs and then finally getting them on I think you can assess things a little bit more yeah absolutely and it's not necessarily our position but now our O-line and D-line can start moving each other a little bit more because they do have that protection and so it gets a little bit more physical between the trenches so you're getting a more realistic not necessarily realistic but more realistic look at what your holes are going to be and how the how the flow of the D-line and O-line is going to be I want to say one of the first five plays you pop one man yeah, you know, over yeah, the house. They, yeah, the O-line did a great job, you know, opened up a little seam and then saw some grass and never looked back. Yeah. One thing I told you offline, I love seeing it too. I mean, you've been hitting the hole really hard, but even when you get bottled up by like, I think it was Corey Legion I saw specifically, was trying to, he wouldn't try to yeah. let you go. Yeah. Once he let you go, you kept finishing the run. Explain how important that is just to finish everything you do. You know, there's, yeah, there's definitely uh, multiple things coming out of that, you know, when you're finishing your run, you, you know, you're getting your conditioning in because you are limited to reps, so you want to make sure you're getting your conditioning out here. And then the other thing is just the mindset about being a ball carrier and finishing each and every single run you have. Because you never know. If you let up and just go down, you never know if, who's going to fall off yeah. or something might happen. You know, something crazy might happen, you might squeak out of it. And so it's just a great, great habit to finish all the runs. How long does it take for you guys to really get into a groove? Because the, the rigors of training camp are real, man. It's hot out here. Yeah. We're day three, the first day in pads. But are you guys kind of getting your feet under you for now? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a climb. Uh, I think it is with every team. For me, every year growing up for football, that's how it's always been. You know, you take time off and you do the off-season workouts and things like that, but you don't can't really simulate, you know, the practice intensity and getting the guys together. And then if we finally get the pads on and intensity picks up. And so you just got to get back to, you know, what we were used to and get back to the – because we have – we have all this time to get your mind right and get the plays down and things like that, but it's a lot different when we're just in helmets and, you know, kind of not hitting each other as hard. But now once we hit each other, now it's the technique that, play that comes into play and the fatigue that comes into play as well. You know, Austin, a year ago, you flashed back. You were fifth or sixth on the depth chart. Nobody knew who you were, mm-hmm. and you had to earn your way on the football field. Highly productive year, man. 500 total yards, five touchdowns. You had a great offseason. Explain the difference you feel now versus exactly a year ago. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, Fredo Roberts, our running back coach, he always tells me, he's like, man, what a difference a year makes, man. I, it's wild, that's, huh? That's exactly right. You know, just getting a year of experience in, you know, coming in, especially where I was coming in, it kind of seems like surreal being in the moment, you know. You're oh, trying no to doubt. live up to it. And you have all these legends around you, uh, you know, these pro bowlers. And, you know, Phil, he's been playing for so long. You're just like, oh, my goodness. And you get here, you just need, it takes time to settle down, you know, as a rookie. Uh, well, it did for me anyway. And, you know, once you start settling down, you know, you start getting the plays down. And then physically, you have to accept physically that you can play at this level. And once you do that, and then the mental parts start coming, then your game starts clicking. And now for the second year, you know, I've 
I know what to expect. I know what you know. I need to work on what works for me. And so <laughs> a year of experience is huge for me yeah, and any rookie coming in. We talked about Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon. You had Gates here last year, Keenan Allen, a, a lot of pro bowlers, a lot of future Hall of Famers. How much did those guys help you along the way last year? Um, I would say the see the, as far as helping me is them being themselves. You yeah. know, seeing them, how they work and how they lead. You know, necessarily we didn't. It's how they do things on a day-to-day exactly, basis. Exactly. It's not like we're talking every day and things like that. You know, <clears throat> uh, it's a different type of way that I. You know, you pick up things from them by watching. Like even today, I ran a route and I wasn't satisfied with it. So I can go over to Keenan and be like, I asked him, I was like, what would you have done on this route? And he's like, this is how I would have done. I watched your route and yeah, you should have done this differently. Yeah. And things like that, yeah. just learning from these guys that have had success and trying to implement that into my game is, is huge. And then with Phil, especially, because he's running the offense. And so he, he's the one we have to be meshing with. And so if something's not right, he's definitely going to come tell you. Yeah. And I love that from him because, you know, we're trying to be successful and we all need to be on the same page. Well, you know where you stand too, right? The bar is set with those guys and I guess anybody, whether you're a rookie or a savvy vet here, you got to come in with the mentality that you got to work and you got to live up to Phillips' expectations and Keenan's expectations. Absolutely, and that's what you want because these guys are want to win. And if you don't want to come in and you're not going to work hard, you want to do your own thing, it's not going to fly. <laughs> I promise yeah. you, it's not going to fly with the guys that we got leading this this team. Describe this running back room. You got Melvin in there. Um, you're in your second year. Justin Jackson comes in from Northwestern. What have yeah. you seen from Justin and the rest of the guys there? Uh, just the room in general, uh, we're all learning together. You know, I love our room. When we go into our room, we'll watch a film and we'll assess film. Like, what, what could we have done differently? What would you have done differently here? And we'll go, we'll talk about how we feel about the play and about the run and things like that. Uh, so I love it because we all build and grow together. And with, especially with Mel being in there, you know, he's had so much success. And so even with him, you know, he's helping us, but we're also helping him too. And I love that he's open to our, you know, criticism too. Uh, I think that's huge, just being a team player in that way. And with Justin coming in, you know, he's shown some quickness, even yeah. in some drills. He definitely got that quick titch to him, so it'll be exciting to see what he's got going on in preseason. It's a great trio, too, because all three of you guys can catch the ball in the backfield, too. You know, you're very versatile. You can go in there, first down, second down, third down. Um, how important is that just to have that versatility? Is that one guy that just does one thing? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, we're going to be in there. We're going to be a threat. That's yeah. what we want to be. And so you got to be able to catch and run the ball. And so we can all do that. And so we're all threats. And, I, you know, I like what we got going. Also, if I'm a rookie or an undrafted free agent on this football team, I'm on your hip, right? I, I want to see what you did. I, I want to see how you work. And I want to be the next next Austin Eckler. Have guys gravitated towards you, asked you about your, your journey through the first year? Yeah, absolutely. Some of our, even our younger guys in the room, I'll, I'll tell them, like, last year, like, for me, like you said, I was six string. I wasn't getting many reps out here. I get four or five reps of practice. Yeah. That's the whole practice. How'd you, you know? handle that? I didn't at first. At first, you know, I was frustrated. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And I would get reps and I'd, I'd play okay, you know. And so I wasn't doing anything to, you know, make stand out necessarily and so I was frustrated with myself and just frustrated I wasn't getting enough uh, what I thought was enough reps but yeah. uh you know it just comes down to you know you got to keep doing your film study and those opportunities they might be small but you, I was getting a few and then ended up making a few plays here and there and then when preseason comes is really really need to be on your game because those are the reps that actually like this is real this is your real test and so I would tell the rookies like hey if you're not getting a bunch of reps it's mental reps then because they're going to get the guys that they know or think they know are going to be playing. Yeah. And it's your job to prove them wrong that you should actually be you know, getting more reps. And yeah. so it's your job to be ready when your opportunity comes. Was there a moment last year in training camp, that kind of aha moment, like, 
hey, I, I got this. I, I belong. I, I know that San Francisco game, that week four, a lot of people, you know, they, they saw what you can do. But was there a moment for you personally just out here at the Jack Hammond Sports Complex where you're like, oh, I belong here? I honestly, I don't think it was out here. I think it was in the pre when we got really? into preseason. Yeah, I think it was about the third game, and it wasn't even on offense. It was on special teams. You know, I was having some success on special teams. You know, running down, I had a few tackles in the first couple games, and you know, I was just doing everything I could to make plays. I was trying everything I could to make plays and you know stay sound to my technique, and ended up even even in the fourth game, you know, ended up making a bunch of plays on special teams, yeah. and that was what it was for me. Like I, I didn't do anything crazy on offense, you know. I made a good cut and things like that, and you know, read my routes and picked up my blocks. But it wasn't like I was scoring touchdowns or anything like that. And that's what I tell the young guys too. Hey, it's not going to be flashy. You don't have to go out here and score touchdowns. You know, or be hurling yeah. people. Like they want to see you do your job, and make I think play. that's what I was doing. Do your job and make a few plays when they are presented to you. Describe yeah. this off season. You graduated? Graduated, yep. So that was something that I wanted to get off my chest. You know, I was so close. And that was what I was going to initially, going yeah. to my degree. And, you know, ended up being here, which I'm glad it worked out like this. So great. But uh, that was definitely something I wanted to get done because you never know, you know, when your degree is going to come into play in your life. My journey, Austin Eckler, was on Chargers.com earlier this year. Our video team does an awesome job just in general with mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff they do with us, long form, short form. What was that experience like being followed around by our guys? It was it was actually awesome because, <laughs> you know, it's a small town in Colorado. Yeah. So, you know, they don't they don't see a lot of uh, media like that. And so every, I, it was like a week before prior when they notified our teachers and then they told the rest of the students in my class. And I was in my senior classes, so I'm pretty close with all those people. There's like eight to nine people. And they're like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> they, they were more nervous than I was. Oh, that's great. You know, I, I thought that was pretty cool. But then they came in, and yeah, we were together all day. You know, I got to show those guys, you know, where I went to, where I went to school, and you know, did my thing up at Western, and you know, it was just, it was just cool for them to experience that. And it, I was, I was, I had fun with them because they were seeing it for the first time. They're like, you it's cool to experience to that with them. them you yeah, know? exactly, yeah. exactly. Did they know no. the cameras were coming that day, or did they have like a, a, a little bit of an advance notice? Uh, my classes did, but when we were walking around campus and things like that nature, everyone was kind of looking at us like, "What's going on?" Oh, that's you great. Know? Yeah, it was it was a great experience. I had so much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, yeah. if you haven't seen it, you, you should have seen it by now. But my journey, Austin Eckler's on Chargers.com. Austin, last thing, expectations for this football team. I mean, you guys. Finish the year winning nine to twelve. I know momentum doesn't carry over per se from 2017 to 2018, but when you look at the talent on this team, uh, starting with the offensive line, guys in the backfield, Phillip, the wide receiving core, what are your expectations for 2018? Hey, as an as an offense, we're gonna make plays and score points. That's our expectation. We got the guys to make plays and score points all over. No matter if we're running the ball, if we're passing. And I think we're just going to do that. You know, we keep ourselves healthy. We're going to be rolling. We just got to make sure we're starting early and starting fast. Yeah. And then no looking back from there. It's hot out here. Stay cool. Thanks for joining us. Thank and we'll, we'll see you soon. I appreciate it. So the Los Angeles Chargers schedule is out. And boy, it's nice to finally know how we'll be spending our Sundays this fall. How many Charger games did you make last year, Matt? I made 20. Four preseason games and 16 regular season games last year. Which are you circling for this season. This season, I'll circle the Niners and Cardinals as they play the NFC West. And let's not forget about those rivalry games, P. You seriously don't want to miss this. Visit FightForLA.com or call 877-CHARGERS to share Matt's experience. Season tickets on sale now. 
right, just wrapped up day three of Chargers training camp. Very pleased to be joined by Dan Graziano of ESPN. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. A little West Coast swing for you, I'm huh? Enjoying your Southern California weather very, very much. I'm going to be very sad to leave it. I, I tell be you honest. what, though, it is hot. Though yeah, it's a little you keep humid today. That. We got the. You guys don't know humid. <laughs> I got East Coast humidity, and I don't miss it. Okay, three days in, the pads came on today for the Chargers. What'd you see out there, and what have you seen the past couple of days? Because you were out here earlier as well. Look, I mean, it's a good-looking team. I like that. You, you you look around and you see. Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen, and you see how exciting that can be. And you watch Melvin Gordon run, and you know you see a team that's got its offensive line basically set, and 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 you you see where it's going to come from. Obviously, unfortunate situation with the tight end, and they're working some younger guys into that mix. Yep. And it looks like there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve with that crew, but they have time. Uh, and of course, I guess it's always possible that Antonio Gates shows back up. I know they've been talking, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's to watch someone like a Philip Rivers run a training camp practice is is fun to see. As somebody's been doing it a long time, knows what he's doing, has the respect of uh, of his uh, of his teammates, and I think that's um, I think I think that's cool. I'm interested that he doesn't wear like a red non-contact practice jersey yeah. like you see a lot of places. I was surprised well, by that. I think but, 15th year. Yeah. I think number 17. You know not to get close yeah, to number 17. That's true. That's, yeah, I think that would be there would be some consequences if somebody ignored that number. But uh, yeah, look, it's been. I, I think this is a team that expects to, to contend for big things this year. Sure. And I think you know. So if you're out here training camp, your focus is make sure everybody stays healthy. And yeah. the couple of days I've been here. Fortunately, that's been the case. Yeah. I guess those are good days. We talk about the tight end position. Obviously, it was a huge blow to lose Hunter Henry, and you're not going to replace his production with one guy. But Mike Williams coming in here. It was his first ever training camp practice on Saturday. Caught a 40-yard bomb from Phillip Rivers in uh, the scrimmage period today. Uh, what have you seen from Mike, and how do you think this team replaces Hunter Henry's production? I think there's a lot of ways you can do it. I think there's a lot of ways you can do it, but the key thing is the middle of the field, right? So yeah. the way Hunter Henry operated in the middle of the field opened up some things for Keenan Allen on the outside. And, and, you know, I think that's a large part of the reason that he had the volume he did. So you have to establish a threat there uh, in order to make sure your offense runs the way it was. And if you can't, if you don't think you can establish that mismatch threat there, then you're going to have to scheme differently for the stuff you're doing on the outside too. So I don't know that Mike Williams is sort of the one-for-one solution there because I don't think you're going to put Mike where you lined up Hunter Henry and expect him to win in those exact same areas. But... Someone of Mike's talent, if he comes quickly, if he advances in terms of his chemistry with, with Philip, that will enable you to do some other things, right? So I think that's that's what they're waiting to see with Mike Williams, who missed a lot of time last year, as you know. And, um, you know, they look at Rivers and Keenan Allen and see what that connection is like and how much they trust each other. And they know that Mike Williams, coming off a rookie year where he didn't play the whole season, has a ways to go before that's the case with him and the quarterback. So the more time out here, the better. The more trust he builds, the better. And then maybe you get to a point where at some point during this season, you know, you're able to to use the both of them in a way that's beneficial to each. Yeah, Philip talked about the need for Mike just to have a healthy offseason this year. He did, and he had he was great in OTAs and minicamp. It's good to see the pads come on and him performing, and it's just I think it's just going to be a matter of chemistry. Get on the same page. I think so, and that's an underrated thing. I mean, you know, like he's got all the talent in the world. Uh, obviously, where he was drafted indicates that, and uh, it's just a matter of being out here and repping it and learning the offense, and again, that timing and that trust with the quarterback, and that just it's just something that simply doesn't happen overnight you see exceptional cases 
of guys like an Odell Beckham Jr. who has a supremely successful rookie season. Yeah. Um, I guess Mike Evans in Tampa Bay had a season like that when he was a rookie. But it's not every guy, and it's very natural to need some time. So I would expect that to be the case here. Defensively, Gus Bradley's second year here. They got better and better as the year went on in 2017. You bring Darwin James in. First four picks in the 2018 draft are on defense. What did you see from this defense just in your you know, early time here, and what are your expectations for this Gus Bradley defense in year two? I expect it to be – it seems like the focus is on stopping the run. That was an issue last year. So Darwin's going to help there. I think so, and I think you know he, he helps on the back end in terms of the sideline-to-sideline side stuff that he can do at, at safety. So, But, you know, you're asking a lot of a rookie, right? So it, some rookies do it right away and some don't. So which is he? We'll find out. There's no reason to think he won't be able to, to make a major contribution right away, but some guys naturally, because of who they are, take a little longer. Of course. Um, I think they'll be okay at cornerback. I know it's upsetting about Jason Verrett, but it seemed like they were able to, to fill that production last year, and some of those same guys are back. Um, and, of course, the edge rush is, is the, the makes it go the superstar uh, element of the defense. Um, so, yeah, can those guys contribute in the run game? Can they get more push in the middle? Um, but I think, you know, Gus Bradley's an established defensive coordinator. He knows what he's doing. He's got pieces to work with. Um, you know, we talk about the pieces on the offensive side of the ball. There are just as many on defense. And it's very exciting to look at that roster and see what its potential is. You know, the AFC West, uh, I've talked to so many different people about this division. Probably the most intriguing division when you look at all the, the change, really, up and down in Oakland. New coach in Kansas City. New quarterback, Alex Smith, now in Washington. Denver. New quarterback in Case Keenum. A lot of new coaches under Vance Joseph. There was a lot of stability, though, with the Chargers. When you look at this division, how do you think it's going to shake out? That was a big point of emphasis for the Chargers this offseason. They wanted to bring the coordinators back, all three of them, they say, and uh, and and really bring that stability because they did feel like they felt they finished the season as the team they thought they were all along. So continue that. I... I a lot of people are going to pick the Chargers to win the AFC West. It's going to be a popular pick. You can tell already based on the coverage they're getting. Um, the only thing that makes me hesitate a little bit is, you know, Andy Reid's record of making the playoffs is really strong. You know, I mean, yeah. in Philadelphia and then with Kansas City. So you don't like to count them out. But you don't know what Pat Mahomes is going to bring at quarterback. That's true. It's a big wild card. They have a lot of talent on that team on the offensive side. The defense looks shaky. And the quarterback is a youngster who's only played one game. So... There's going to be an opportunity there for the Chargers to take control of that division, and and we'll find out right away because Kansas City's been a major sticking point, right? Well, let's be let's be objective here. There's there's no two ways around it, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the back-to-back champs of the yeah. division. Uh, I think the biggest question mark is Mahomes, but largely he's been praised universally, and he's got all the tools. Yes. At the same time, one start and. His second start's going to be against Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram in this defense. So it's going to be interesting. And, I mean, look, you if you go from Alex Smith to anyone else at quarterback, you're going to have more turnovers. And Alex Smith's best at protecting the ball that there is in the whole league. 100%. Now you've gone from Alex Smith to an, an untested young player. Now Andy Reid is to be trusted when it comes to quarterbacks and offense, but there are going to be some issues here with, with Patrick Mahomes. He's going to turn the ball over more than Alex Smith did. If he doesn't, it'll be a miracle. Um, so how does he handle that, right? How does he handle when he struggles, when he loses? How does he handle when the fans are booing him? So all those things we still don't know about this young man who has an immense amount of talent and is dynamic enough to, to really fit well into an already dynamic offense and make it go. I think you'll, you'll see throws from Patrick Mahomes that will dazzle you. And you'll say, oh, yeah, that's why. 
but how many of those versus how many mistakes or how many trouble spots, and I think that will tell the story of Kansas City's season. Sammy Watkins coming in, too. I think people forget about Spencer Ware as well. He went down early in the year, thrust Kareem Hunt into action, and obviously we saw what Kareem Hunt's capable of. But offensively, they're as loaded as any team in the NFL. Defensively, that's where you wonder a little bit because yes. there's some, some leadership. You know, Listen, Marcus Peters is gone. Derek Johnson's moved on to Oakland. You get Eric Berry back, but it's just a, a big question mark there. A lot of question marks at cornerback. Yes, the linebacker core has been aging for a couple of years. Have they done enough to replace what they had there in the front seven? So, or are they going to be a team that's just going to try and outscore everyone with all those guys you met? Travis Kelsey at tight end, you know, Tyreek Hill, they have a lot of speed on that side of the ball. But I would think that Having not been to their camp, I would think that a lot of the focus in Kansas City this offseason is on getting that defense put together because it definitely looks as if that's where the trouble spots are. Let's look at the AFC as a whole, Dan. Obviously, it's the Patriots and the Steelers and everybody else, really. But that's how it's been in the past, the Jaguars, I'm saying. But think, now yeah. now you got teams like Jacksonville. You have teams, you know, can't count out Kansas City, can't count out the Chargers, uh, the AFC South, uh, some intrigue there. Uh, yes. What are you looking at in the AFC? Yeah, uh, Houston should bounce back with uh, Deshaun Watson, assuming he's healthy, and it looks like he will be to start the season. Tennessee, I think, is a team that will be heard from. That's a good-looking roster top to bottom, yeah. and, and we'll see what the new coaching staff offers there. They won a playoff game last year in Kansas City on the road, so, so obviously they're not to be overlooked. Jacksonville should be strong again. I like this Chargers team. Kansas City has proven that they're a perennial contender. The North, Pittsburgh looks like the, the, the beast out there, and I don't know if any of the other three are going to push them, but um, I could see where it could fall apart for Pittsburgh too, honestly. I mean, you know, they got those stars, but if you know, Le'Veon Bell's unhappy or if, you know, there's an injury on the offensive line, you could see where it could go south there because that locker room is a very interesting place. You know, there's a lot of people kind of doing their own thing, and they they get it together on game day, and they always went seem to win what 10, 11 games. But uh, it's the kind of place where if things start to go badly, it could sure. it could fall apart. And then New England, whatever. Until we see somebody knock New England off, we're just going to write them in and pen at the top of that division. But um, I think when you look at the AFC versus the NFC, the NFC looks like it has more. Super Bowl contender type team. There's like 10 teams that I wouldn't be shocked if you said, hey, yeah. they're going to the Super Bowl this year. It wouldn't shock me. Eagles, Saints, Rams, uh, the, the, the Falcons should be a good team, the Vikings and Packers, you know. But the AFC, I think there's more opportunity if you're a team like the Chargers who you know, wants to take that, that jump into that next level and feels capable of it. I think the AFC offers more of that, whereas uh, the NFC looks a little more stacked with, with uh, high-end teams at this point. Dan, we get you out here on this. Just looking at this training camp period and preseason, what are a few storylines that you're keeping your eye on, not just in the AFC West, not just with the Chargers, but league-wide? League-wide, I want to see um, if there's harmony in New England after all, right? That, that tumultuous offseason they had with a lot of back and forth on who's happy and who's not. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, the NFC East is always interesting to me. Maybe that's just because that's my background when I started covering football. It's that glamour division, right? Yeah, they always have it. They haven't had a repeat champion since 2004. So everybody loves the Eagles and for good reason. But the Cowboys should have a good team. I don't think Washington's a bad team. And the Giants have to be better. Um, Just thinking Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, does he make the most of that opportunity? It was a big offseason story. Um, How quickly are the 49ers a factor? You know, that with Jimmy Garoppolo and their hot finish to the season, is that something they can keep going, or do they have more 
building to do. Do the Seahawks have anything left at all, or are they really on the on the downside? I wouldn't be okay. surprised. Here's a team, right? They've won so much. They have the coach and the quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised to see them just sort of rise up and win. Yeah, everyone, everyone's counting them out. <laughs> right? So it seems like foolish to count them out until you see it. They had a lousy year last year, still 1-9. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are just top of my head. I mean, right, I, I think uh, league-wide, off-the-field stuff, curious to see what happens with the issue regarding the protests and the national anthem um, and this new helmet rule everybody's talking about, how that's going to be officiated and enforced. But uh, on the field, yeah, some intriguing storylines with those teams. Just glad ball is back. Glad you're on the yeah. West Coast. Are we going to get Me you out too. here at all uh, in 2018, Dan? I'm, I'm week to week. My schedule's week to week once okay. the season starts, but I am really enjoying my California. There's a rumor that you'd Coast like to be out here maybe a little bit more, I huh? Would, it would be. They had me in cold <laughs> place all January. I was in, like, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. I'm like, hey. Can't give me that Rams game, yeah. you know. But yeah, Let's but maybe get Dan out to Southern California. If the Chargers have a big year, yeah. and there's more teams out here performing at a high level, better chance. Hope to see you out here, man. Can't thank you enough for your time. My pleasure, Chris. Right. Well, the podcast downloads always go up when my next guest is on. Is that true? Dan Wojcicki. That doesn't seem like that's true. Of the LA Times joins me on Chargers Weekly. It's an all Dan podcast. Dan Graziano, Dan Wojcicki. Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get Dan on the podcast. Dan uh, Quayle left early. Big Indianapolis Colts fan, maybe. Um, it's fun looking out here, you know, at this empty field right now, thinking about all the hard-hitting action we saw earlier today. Right, Pads were on, baby. Real Pads fo- were on today. Real football-ish. It was actually an opportunity to kind of see, you know, I was just talking to Austin Eckler. You can't tell how a running back looks without the pads. He had a good day. Yeah, I'd say anybody but – Receivers and cornerbacks, maybe, and court, like quarterbacks a yeah, little offensive bit. Offensive line, defensive line. You can't get to see tell, a little you, bit you more. Can, yeah. yeah, you can't tell what they're doing until they get the pads on for sure. Um, and then definitely the running game doesn't exist, you know, in OTAs. No, like not at all. Um, it's funny you mentioned Eckler. It's something that I want to write about at some point during camp. But boy, it, it it looks. And I know this might be borderline like strategy stuff, but it's common sense. Like he's going to be way more involved in their offense this year. It just feels that way. That like. They didn't know maybe exactly what they had last year at this time, and this year they know, and you can do some fun stuff with him. He popped today. I, when I, I talked to him about this, the first five plays, I think one of those plays he took to the house, Yeah, he's hitting the hole very hard, and what I love about it, and I mentioned this to him, he's finishing every play. I think there was one play where Corey Lee just wrapped him up, didn't want yep, him to finish. Yep, I saw what you're he's, talking about. He finishes the play. Yeah. No, he's a guy that um, I've been pretty high on for the last year or so, uh, he was kind of the guy that, in sort of randomly, like I had kind of earmarked. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. Last year in OTAs is a guy that I was really excited to see because, you know, he fit this profile that I that I found to be fascinating. Right, crazy productive, um, like record-setting production. Right in college, um, and then he went he went and tested at the regional combine and he tested it like through the roof. Right, yeah. and and so it's like okay, so if he's physically gifted enough to play, and when he's played before, he's obviously he's smart enough productive enough to play like this is a guy who can still play and he's a little small but you know he made a really a bigger impact i think than anybody expected last year to, to me he's going to be a big part of their offense this year i think he's like he's an x-factor guy on an offense a darren sproles ish uh danny woodhead like those kind of complimentary backs and yeah. anthony lynn always talks about i think they got one i mean that's he's going to be their guy he said something interesting to me because i i asked him about his comfort level obviously from last year to this year yeah and he said that he didn't really feel like he was popping until the preseason games. Like, there wasn't a moment out here on the field where he felt like, I'm here. 
it was it was actually in the preseason games where he felt comfortable, and it was on special teams. He mm-hmm. made a couple plays on special teams, and then I think everything else was kind of downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, I think in a positive way. Yeah, I think you know he didn't really get a lot of reps until the end of the third preseason game, I think, against the Rams. And he it was pl- that Niners game, that Week Four and, game that and, he and, popped. And then he played really well in Week Four, and that's how he earned like those two preseason games. But yeah, I mean, I remember talking to him, and he was a guy who was doing a lot of thinking, you know. And I think that's common for for rookies, especially undrafted ones who come out here and, and they don't want to screw up, you know, and when you play with that, you get kind of handcuffed, you know, and I, I think that's that's a big part of these early parts of training camp is seeing how quickly these guys can kind of shake that and how, how soon can you kind of balance sort of doing what you're supposed to do with your instincts, right, and kind sure. of getting that in line. And so that's why it's always positive when you hear a coach like Anthony Lynn talk about a guy like Kazir White the way he has already. You know, to me, that shows that this is a guy who – early on is, is playing at a speed and with an energy that that's impressed the head coach and that means he's probably not doing a lot of thinking out there and that's good yeah who else stood out to you today um let's see today i had uh i thought desmond king made a nice play today um he picked off uh geno smith i think cardale jones has looked pretty good yeah um and kind of that uh backup quarterback battle that's gonna be a fun battle it's closer than it than i think um it seems it would well, maybe be on face value it's an important battle too because Listen, Philip. Is it? it? It is. It is because you're always a play away, and Philip. You know, sure. he is an Iron Man. But you know, you look around the league. Best job in the world, by the way, Philip Rivers backup. That is the best job in the world. It's a great job. But I, I'm interested to see how this thing plays out because Cardell has been here longer. Gino has more experience, and Coach Lynn knows both of these guys from his stops in New York and Buffalo. Yeah, it's a really interesting battle, I think, and they're very different. I mean, you see Gino out here with the pads on, and you're like. That guy looks like an NFL quarterback for sure. He's yeah. bigger than I think, you know. I, I th- thought he was Cardell for a minute today. He, yeah, yeah he, he, looked, he looked like he's tall. A he looked big, tall. He's a big guy. Um, Cardell has a bigger arm, um, certainly, and I think a big thing for him is kind of trying to figure out how to harness it and to try to play with a little more touch. Um, Gino threw that pick today. I think that might have been the first – maybe the first pick I've noticed – of camp is that possible? Was there a t- no? There was. I think Casey had a pick day one, but it's different animal now with pets. Yeah. So. Um, so I mean, like, I'm trying to think who else stood out today for me. Um, I think Kyle Emanuel's looked good early on in camp. I think he's a guy that he knows his spot is a little bit in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, because he played well today. Because of, you know Uchenna Nwosu because this is a team that is you know knew that needed to get better at linebacker. Um, Craig Megers played really well. I think as a guy, and he, I think Big he, opportunity for him. he has a real chance um, this year to, to make the roster, and not only that, but provide depth at cornerback. Um, and, like, you know, you mentioned it. Eckler is the guy, to me, when I look at their offense, um, okay, I have an obvious one for you. Keenan Allen, man, that guy is always open. His footwork, Dan, I, I haven't always seen open. footwork like that. I have yeah. not seen footwork like that. I think he's got the best feet in the league, and he makes these plays that look routine every day, and you take for granted – but like today, for instance, another two or three plays that are you're just like, wow, that's gonna it's, be whenever a they touchdown do, in a game. It, it's amazing how he finds spots on the field, not only to be wide open, but also where he can then find an extra eight, nine yards afterwards. Yep. Like he's just always where he needs to be. Um, he's really looked good. Um, really built off of last year, I think. So those are kind of the guys that have flashed the most for me. I haven't really you know, I thought Justin Jones looked good today too. Another guy, uh, um, seventh round pick. Um, no, no, who am I thinking of? 
Who's the running back? What's his name? Oh, uh, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Too yep. many Justins. Yeah, too many double J's. Two Justins, two double J's. Yeah, Justin Jackson. I'm sorry. Uh, is a guy to me. I like this trio at running back because they can all catch the ball out of the backfield. It feels like that's going to be the trio that we end up with. It, mm-hmm. it really does. And I think there are three different kinds of runners. To me, he's a guy today that looked really comfortable um, in pads, a guy that looked faster than maybe he'd looked not in pads. And uh, – He's a guy that I think is going to, you know, he's Anthony Lynn mentioned him after the after practice today. I think he's a guy that's going to make this team. Bold prediction after one day in pads. <laughs> Justin Jackson's going to make the team? Yeah. Bold I think, prediction. I think with these rookies, listen, we always, we're going to hype these guys up. Oh, they look great. They look great. Well, because that's who we're watching, right? Like, you know, it's funny. I mentioned like Keenan, Keenan Allen, you know, it's like, I mean, he, he the fact that he stood out to, to me is even more a testament to him because like, you know, like we've seen what Phil Rivers does out here. Like Melvin Gordon, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram both look good. But it's yeah. like the guys that I want to focus on are like the third-string defensive end because that's the guy you don't see that often. You don't and know about. And that's who you're looking to flash. So I think that's that leads to sort of this rookie hype is because they're the guys that we watch closest. Coach Lynn talked about Dylan Cantrell, how he's been the most improved wide receiver. He, he raved about Kaiser White. Uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. So these rookies are, are getting some some pub in practice. I can't wait to see it in a game, though. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what these guys really have in, in preseason. I think for a guy like Justin Jones, the defensive lineman, you know, this is a really a golden opportunity for him to get meaningful reps, not only at training camp, but also the preseason with Corey Legion out in yeah. that rotation early. Yeah, no, and I think he – I know talking to a couple uh, – front office people here within the organization he's a guy that impressed them early on in film uh, before the pads came on i think obviously once the pads come on that that helps a guy like him a little bit more certainly you can be a little more physical and he can kind of show where he's at on that front but yeah that's an important part of this defense they need to be better i think in between the ends be better against the run uh against big physical runners and he's a guy that can kind of help with that um really all their rookies so far um you know with the exception of Quesenberry, who's like kind of just working his way into a rotation yeah. on the offensive line, they've all—they're all to me, realistically, all have like little kind of spots on this team. You know, you mentioned Cantrell; he's interesting just because that group is so crowded at wide receiver. I, I'll, I'll it looks be like curious. That number five slot, it, there's a, there's a battle for that right now. Are Davis Scott, Cantrell, even Nelson Spruce had some plays? Sure. Uh, over I mean, are we there? assume, and uh, I mean Jeremy Davis too. Jeremy Davis. Among others. I mean, there's there's a crowded group there. What's interesting about Cantrell, he's such a big kid. and You wonder if his future's at receiver a little bit. Like, I, you know, like I wonder if he's a guy that, because he runs really good routes, you can see it out there. Like, he is a good route runner. Um, can you do stuff? I mean, he's going to play receiver. I don't, I'm not advocating for him to become a tight end right away. Like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. But he's big. Especially coming out of the air raid I know. Texas Tech yeah. offense. Yeah, <laughs> not very – be a pretty big change. But he's a big guy. Like, physically, it looks like he's a guy who could kind of find places in the middle of the field and, and, and you know, post up on linebackers a little bit. And, and you know, he's been impressive. It, it's really looked like a strong draft class. Derwin James has looked nice in his uniform, not on the practice field. Not there yet. Not there yet, but, we'll, I mean, apparently, you know, Anthony Lynn said maybe this week it seems like at some point that they're just being extra cautious. But I'll tell you this, being around him, like, he feels sort of like an alpha. Like, that's like a leader. He it definitely it, does. It comes across, right? He comes off as somebody who is – I said this yesterday, too. I, I hate to make comparisons to Sean Taylor. I, I grew up watching Sean Taylor. Yeah. But he's the type of safety that I think we're eventually going to get to the point where you are specifically looking for number 33 on the field. 
before the snap just to see where he's lined up to see what he's going to do next I don't want to put a lot of pressure on the guy but that's what he did at Florida State it feels like he's an all positional like he's just like a defensive player He's, right, a, like, he's like, a Swiss Army knife, man. Yeah, he, he can play and, him at free, strong. I think he's going to come off the edge. He was rushing the passer. Jimbo Fisher said he played corner for him at Florida State last yeah. year. He I think I'll play, I'll play a little Will maybe yeah, even and, and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it seems like maybe his future here is at, at, at least in the immediate, is at free. Is the place where he can be yeah, on the field. Here. Yeah, yeah where, where he can play where he can play the most. Um, you know, will he play? I mean, they can do a lot of different stuff based on sort of different packages and different situations too i mean you can play him closer to the line jaleel can move back to free rayshon jenkins has been back there desmond king's been back there jalen watkins has been back there they you know they've got guys they've looked at at that position to me it's still if you want to put your best 11 on the field like it'll be derwin mm-hmm. um it just feels like that's kind of the spot for him but uh that's another kind of that's probably the truest starting position battle that's available right now um, that's what, going on in camp is free think, safety. What do you think and linebacker? Kicker. And what do, kicker. What do you think at linebacker? And, uh, right now it's what? We got Denzel in there. Tavis Brown and, and, Tavis and Brown, Kyle Emanuel. And Kyle Emanuel. But these rookies, too. Like we, we They're going to put Kaiser White and, and Uchenna, too, maybe in a third down situation to rush in the passer. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are going to push. Uh, you know, if I had to bet on it, I would bet on kind of the, the incumbents to kind of hang out of their spot early in the year and, and, and see how they kind of handle it. Um, Tavis Brown is a guy that – you, f- you feel like it's kind of there if he was just a little tougher against the run, mm-hmm. if he was just a little better in that part of the game. And it's not his fault. It's, you know, you you're, you are your size, right? And, and sure. he's a guy who early in the year got swallowed up a lot in the run game. Um, I know he's worked hard to get stronger and, and to get better in that area. And, and he'll get a chance, I think, because physically he can do some stuff. You know, I mentioned how I thought Keenan Allen was only, always open. Today there was one time he wasn't and Jatavis Brown was on him yeah. on a play, right? You know, so – um, that's a good sign um, defensively to have you know a little depth at a position last year where really because they had no depth they had to kind of invent their own yeah. defense. Adrian, Adrian Phillips came in as that hybrid. Yeah, linebacker that's another safety. safety we haven't even mentioned yet. You yeah. know, as a guy that'll be in their mix too. Yeah. He's earned the playing time. No, no doubt about that. Mike Williams, we didn't even talk about. Haven't talked about the real Mike Dub yet. Haven't talked about Mike the, Dub, the kickers. We saw some kickers today. I know. Well, okay. Well, let's let's get to kickers in a second. Mike Williams, though, he caught a nice forty-yard bomb from Phil today. He did. Um, he's had a couple of big plays. I think he hasn't had like the great day yet. Um, you know, and I think it'll be it's important for him to have a, have a big day, whether it's in practice, whether it's in a preseason he's game. He's got to get on the same page as Rivers. And I think too, just for his confidence. You know, um, not that I. You, you know, I think confidence is one of those tricky things, like, where it's hard to tell exactly where people are at. It just feels like for a guy who's been as productive as he's been, it's been too long since he's produced, right? And, you know, like, he, like that guy needs to eat, right? Like, it's been too long. So I, I think, you know, he's a guy that needs to have a nice a nice preseason game um, to really kind of get going and kind of demand some of those balls that were maybe going to end up Hunter Henry's way that aren't anymore. Maybe that's a Mike Williams spot. You know, uh, again, a big physical guy who can kind of operate between the hashes a little bit. And we've seen him, you know, make big plays down the side of the field. Yeah, he twice. Had, he had 11 touchdowns in Clemson his last year there, and 10 of them were in the red zone. So uh, that bodes well in terms Probably of. Probably the biggest weakness on this offense from last year. The I would red say. zone offense? Yeah, I would think. Kicker, what'd you think today? Uh, I mean, we saw Caleb Sturgis miss twice. I think both were inside 40. Um, and to me, you know, he's the guy they brought in to make those kicks. Uh, Aguayo um, missed once from inside of 40, made a 50-yarder. 
um, pretty easily. It's such a tricky position to evaluate now. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's very, it's very difficult. And the preseason action is, I think, your best indicator of you know you simulate a game. But yeah, you know who knows? I mean, these are guys who have made kicks. I mean, we're talking about the most prolific kicker in college history, and a guy, Caleb Sturgis, who was money. Yeah. So. So I mean, no, and I think you feel. You know, at least in the NFL, you feel good about Sturgis when the lights come on. We've seen him prove to be that kind of reliable NFL kicker. Aguayo hasn't figured it out in the NFL as of yet. Um, certainly the talent is there. And, and Second-round pick. The yeah. talent, I mean, the Bucks thought so. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think, you know, but there's also a reason why he's here competing, you know, for a job from second position too, right? I mean, and I thought that was interesting after practice today. Anthony Lynn kind of made that clear that, it, yeah, it's a competition, but – Caleb Sturgis is the Chargers kicker right now, and it's on Aguayo to, to take that. And I think, you know, so it's not a situation where they're in here both starting, you know, at the uh, at the starting line, you know, to run run a race the same distance, right? Yeah. Like Aguayo's going to have to do more work. He's going to have to look more consistent. Um, you know, obviously I think the leg is bigger. It seems like a bigger leg, but, you know, they just need someone to make kicks that you can't miss. Like you can't miss 35 yards. You like yeah, 40 and in, you got to make them. Especially, you make them all. especially if your team that struggled in the red zone. Like you have to make your kicks, and and they struggled there last year. Obviously, um, you know, we were talking about this earlier. You really don't want to be in a position where these are questions asked about your football team. But like we were talking, like what's the NFL record for kickers used in a two season span? Because if they use two this year, it'll be six in two years for the Chargers, which. Um, for a pretty important part of your game to get right, that, that's a big deal. So they really needed to shore that up. I still feel like Sturgis is the guy. Um, I just would have liked to have seen him make those kicks today. Um, but like like you said, you know, you make your kicks today and you miss them, you know, on game day. It doesn't matter. Of course, same as same goes vice versa, right? Like yeah. you know, they'll take all the misses in the world out here if they know that, you know, when it counts that he, that he's going to put it through the uprights. Yeah, the margin for error is so thin in the NFL, especially at the beginning of the year, where you know it's almost like everybody's uh, trying to figure themselves out. Everyone's so. trying to, like that. That first part, those first four games, are almost like a second wave of preseason, and that you're trying to figure everything out. And then I think you ultimately get into your groove in October. So when those games are close, and yeah. the competition in the NFL from one to thirty-two, man, it, there's not a big difference. You got to make those kicks. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I think you said it right. I mean, it's. We saw how important it was last year. It was ultimately, while it wasn't the reason necessarily why they lost those games, it happened to be plays at the end of the games. Like, there were other things that happened. But, you know, that's a team that's one made kick away from, you know, making the playoffs or not. You know, that's one made kick away from maybe, you know, putting that momentum into real action, you know, at, at such a high level in the yeah. playoffs versus, you know, rebuilding a little bit, you know. And, and and not that they're in a rebuild. This is feels like more of a, a continuation of last season. But, you know... <laughs> Excuse me. That like those little things, like you talk about margin of victory, margin of error. I mean, in, the, in those moments, you know, whether it's a kick, whether it's a, a blown assignment that leads to a key first down, penalty, um, all of these little things kind of crept up on them in key moments, and and that's where they need to get better. If they can get a little bit better on the margins, I think there's really no question that to me, this is a team that you know should make the playoffs this year. I feel that way after one day in pads, Chris. <laughs> Let's go. Let's jump the gun. Yeah. Is that what you're writing about today? No. <laughs> That's not what I'm writing about today. You've been more than gracious with your time, man. <laughs> what 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 are you writing about today? What do you, um, you got going? I'm gonna on write about. Uh, I think you know how hard it is for the guys that like to hit um, in the summer. You know, I had a chance to talk to Dan Feeney. I had a chance to talk to Damian Square about. You know, when you get to work technique for 
three months and you don't really You're get chipping to, at the bit, man. And you don't really get to do anything and then finally you get to hit a little bit. Uh we're gonna talk a little bit about the kicking tomorrow. Um a little bit about uh some of the running backs, I guess, and uh we'll just kinda see where it goes from there. You staying cool out here? It's been all right. Today's been better. Today was better. It was a little better. Uh, a little breezy was nice. Um, I mean, that's the thing. It, is it, has, it hasn't been hot. I'm just, like, not that tough is the problem. <laughs> You've been out here too yeah, long. Yeah, that's the issue. It, it has nothing to do with the heat. It has to do with the fact that I am, like, the consistency of, like, room temperature margarine. <laughs> you, you know, it's, like, sort of my level of toughness. And so if, if, it, if it gets above, like, 74 degrees, I'm just like, oh, get me out of here. This is too hot. Dan Wojcicki, a ratings magnet. Downloads are going up. All right, I can hear them. The surveys, we've all these different surveys we've been doing. Dan Wakey performs very high on Chargers <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, take care. And that'll do it. A big thanks to my guy, Dan Wojcicki, Dan Graziano, and Austin Eckler for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. Remember, find us on Apple Podcasts, and while you're there, please leave a review. Help spread the word. Remember, next open training camp is Wednesday, August 1st. Visit chargers.com slash camp for all the details. And we look forward to seeing you there. Again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayrie.